some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theatre at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC, a pretty popular restaurant group in DC just dropped its Initiative 82 service fee after it was sued over it. Washingtonian's Jessica Sidman is here to explain what happened there. And CityCast's Julia Karen is with us too, as we talk through the chaos of this weekend's Boil Water Advisory and try to agree what makes a real Washingtonian. Today's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. Hi, Julia. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for being here. Hey, Bridget. Hi. So we've got a ton to talk about today, but before we dive in, I wanted to quickly talk about our live taping. Julia, I am so excited for this event. Yeah, I'm extremely hyped, too. Uh, It is Saturday, February 3rd. It's at the Square Food Hall, which is close to both the Farragut North and Farragut West stops. The doors are open at 12 p.m. And if that didn't convince you enough, there will be free churros and hot chocolate upon entry. I love free churros. I love free hot chocolate. That's a winner to me. And as if that is not tempting enough, we are talking to one of my favorite humans in D.C. You know her. You love her. Jade Womack from the super popular Instagram account Clockout DC will be there. At 1 p.m., we're going to start the conversation and the taping. We'll be talking about things to do around town in February, which I know February is a bit of a short month, but it's a pretty active one in D.C. considering Lunar New Year, Valentine's Day and Black History Month. So, Julia, I'm so excited to see you there and I hope folks make it out. Yeah, everyone come say hi, please. So speaking of coming out to restaurants and eateries, Jessica, what is going on with this Initiative 82 service fee lawsuit? What's happening? Right. So there is this D.C.-based nonprofit that advocates on behalf of travelers, and they have sued two D.C.-based restaurant groups so far over their menu fees. The first was Clyde's Restaurant Group, which had a uh, 2023 surcharge. They ended up dropping that surcharge and this group dropped their lawsuit. And now they're going after Need Hospitality, which uh, you may know from such restaurants as Mi Vida, Succotash, Gatsby, and several others. And basically this group is arguing that these fees are junk fees, like that you might see at, at a resort or something. And that they are essentially fees for nothing. You don't get anything for them. That you uh, look at the menu, you don't see them, and you end up paying this higher price that you're not expecting. And in the case of Mi Vida and other restaurants in that group, they say, you know, it wasn't disclosed as well as it should have been what they were using this uh, fee for. And it was, you know, it was on the food menu, but it wasn't on the drink menu. Uh, And Need Hospitality, you know, they believe that 
they were properly disclosing the fee, that it was in line with the attorney general's guidance on transparency for these fees. But ultimately, they say they'd been thinking about getting rid of it anyways, and this expedited it. And they immediately dropped the fee as soon as they were sued. Got it. So in that case, like, I know we've talked about this a bunch on the pod where all these restaurants have tried different ways to work with I-82, figure out the tip minimum wage. Where are we now? And like, when do increases really, really start picking up? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, a year, a little more than a year ago, we were at uh, five and change dollars an hour for the tipped minimum wage. Of course, employers are obligated to make up the difference if workers don't reach the overall minimum wage, which is around $17 an hour. But that tipped wage has gone up to now $8 an hour, and it will go up to $10 uh, next summer. But there is legislation that's being considered by the D.C. Council to expedite that process and instead of these gradual increases over several years, just rip the Band-Aid off and do it as quickly as possible. And maybe counterintuitively, this is something that the Restaurant Association Metropolitan Washington actually supports. I think part of the issue now with confusion over these fees is that everybody's doing something different. Everyone's tackling you know, these wage increases in different ways. And it's confusing diners, it's confusing businesses. And they argue, let's, let's just get this over with. And everyone will, you know, deal with it all at once. Let's move up the deadline and just get to $17 an hour. I know that here in DC, the sometimes inscrutable feeling fees on your bill after you've had a nice meal out. It's like a thing that people in D.C. care about. If you've mm-hmm. been, spent any time at all on D.C.'s subreddit on Reddit, it's like always a, a hot topic. How much of this is just like people don't like feeling baited and switched? People don't like feeling like they're being deceived. I think there's something about the feeling that these restaurants are trying to get one over on you because you chose to dine with them. How much of that sentiment do you think is really fueling this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, diners feel like restaurants are trying to pull a fast one on them, even though, you know, I know restaurants would disagree with that, you know, but I've talked to countless diners who are just really turned off by these fees. And, you know, maybe they didn't see it or it wasn't properly disclosed. And they ended up paying 40% above the menu price because, you know, there was that 20% and then they tipped 20%. Uh, and and you just feel cheated. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys, I personally had that experience. You're like, oh, I didn't realize there was already 20%. Uh, but then you're like, well, I don't want to, you know, be cheap about it. I'm not going to say anything. But you just feel bad. You know, at the same time, restaurants are trying to navigate these changes, right? Essentially, they're front of house labor costs are going to triple and they're trying to figure out how how do we accommodate that um and you hear diners say over and over again just raise the price for goodness sakes like we just we don't want to do this math we don't want to figure out this etiquette like just raise your prices and we'll and we'll go from there the one of the main arguments you hear on the restaurant side however is that They, as much as diners say they want that, maybe they don't actually because of that sticker shock that they're going to feel when they look at menus and they're just shopping around on where to go. 
And so from the restaurant's perspective, they've already increased prices because of inflation and other costs that are going up. And, you know, they'd rather keep many prices where they are and maybe add a, say, 20% fee on the end, which is similar to what people might be tipping other way, otherwise. And so, so there's this real tension right now. Of what's the best way to approach this? Well, I know I saw Slash Run. They had a, they put on Instagram that they were going to start doing a fee. Unanimous, instant, negative feedback. And then they were like, <laughs> OK, we'll just raise prices. But I do think there is something to what to your point about maybe people are saying just raise prices. But then when you go to what is ostensibly supposed to be a dive bar for a burger and a beer, you're like, oh, it's it, this is I'm paying much more than I am comfortable for something that I think of as like a food that should be more affordable. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, because the one thing that people like to complain about more than the fees is prices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's a tricky situation. And theoretically, you're paying the same amount either way, right? You're either paying the price up front or you're paying it on, at the end. But there's a certain psychology there. Well, thank you for following this story, Jessica. It is one that I know people have a lot of feelings about, myself included. Absolutely. I'm happy to talk about it. The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma, D.C. community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own, the kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets, and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on-site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one- and two-bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearborattacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A dot com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches so, Julia, I would ask how your weekend was, but I kind of already know because you probably spent it boiling water. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, that is true. I did spend my weekend boiling water on Friday. There was an announcement from D.C. Water that basically almost the entire area that like sandwiches Rock Creek Park was under a boil water advisory. There was a loss of water pressure and that can have a bunch of different causes. D.C. Water is kind of trying to figure out what that cause was, but it can allow potentially harmful pathogens to like enter the water distribution system, which is gross. Like you don't want to be drinking gross things. You want to be drinking nice, clean water. So I got this notification, not from like a DC water text alert or anything. I got it from the condo board from where I rent at 9 p.m. on a Friday. And the actual announcement from what I saw on Twitter went out at around like 
6 p.m.-ish. So that's like three hours of me not knowing. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I am not the only one who had a rollout concern uh, because people weren't notified until Friday night. The advisory said people should discard beverages or ice made before Friday at 11 a.m., which I don't remember if I filled my Brita at 11 a.m. on a Friday. Like, who remembers the, t- the timestamp <laughs> of when they made their ice or filled their Brita? I don't know. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. Like, are you telling me that, like, magically out of nowhere, I'm going to remember when I filled my Brita? No. So I dumped the Brita, dumped the ice out of an abundance of caution. And basically, when you have a boiled water advisory... You want to, like, run the tap if it's, like, gunky, like it looks not clear. You run it till it's clear. Then you run it for, like, an additional two, three minutes to ensure all the stuff is out. You get your pot, right? You stick it under your water tap. You put it on your stove. You crank the heat. And then you don't just, like, get it to, like, a boil. It has to boil for, like, two or three minutes to ensure that everything is okay. And by the way, if you're making a dish like pasta where, like, you're supposed to boil the water, you have to do that again. It's wild. It is Double insane. boil? Double boil, baby. Double boil. It is absurd. The rest of the weekend was mostly wild because you have to brush your teeth with the boiled water, too. It isn't just like, oh, like, I can just, like, wet my toothbrush or whatever and, like, scrub my teeth. No. So I would have to, like, go from my bathroom to the pot where I was boiling my water and, like, dunk my toothbrush head in the thing, like, just slightly just to get it wet and then, like, brush my teeth. And then you can't rinse your mouth out with the water. So you have to like have a cup and chill the water. And it was a whole process. It was a lot. Yeah, that is a pretty laborious process to go through. <laughs> and especially just this idea. I, I mean, I would be so anxious wondering if I had ingested unsafe, unclean water. Yeah, I'm like 99% sure I probably ingested not clean water. Fortunately, my immune system is like okay. And, and DC water... Test everything, and by Sunday at 5 a.m., they lifted the boil water ban, and they said, hey, you're all good. You should just, like, run your taps for a little bit to make sure that you're all good. You're in the clear. It doesn't matter. Did I still use the boiled water from Saturday to make coffee? Yes. Yes, I did <laughs> for this week. I'm not letting that water go to waste. Uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. I mean, the other thing about this is that, like, D.C. water didn't have an interactive map on the original landing page. So you had to click to go to their fancy ArcGIS map where you can, like, put in your neighborhood. I'm in Cleveland Park. So conveniently, I could just, like, say, oh, yes, like, I can tell that I'm in this area. But I was out at Restaurant Week on Friday at Sabo in Adams Morgan, and I was like, oh, my God, is this at the cutoff? And have they been boiling water for the last, like, three hours that I've been having this dinner? And fortunately, they weren't, but it freaked me out. Well, what do restaurants in the vicinity of the boil order do, I wonder. Like, descri- like hearing how laborious of a process it was for you as an individual, I can only imagine what restaurants have to do to keep up with that. Or maybe they just close. Yeah, Jessica, yeah. you're the expert. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, I did do some reporting on this for a uh, different boil water adventure. I think it was <laughs> in 2018, so it was a while ago, but uh, I imagine the same still applies. There were certainly places that just closed. Uh, there were restaurant owners running to Costco to like load up on all the bottled water they possibly could. And they might do like a limited menu or what have you. And then, um, you know, there's so much else in a restaurant, you know, the ice, there was a huge run on ice. Everybody was calling the ice, uh, purveyor and be like, can you get me ice? 
And then, you know, like sodas, often the soda guns are hooked up to, you know, tap water as well. So that's, that's another right. thing. So um, it is very difficult to operate. And uh, I didn't I didn't see if there were places that closed. Maybe you guys had your eye on that. But I imagine the ice companies were sold out and Costco was you know, picked clean of bottled <laughs> waters. That tracks. That tracks. I know last week was restaurant week. Obviously, they're extending it this week because of the weather. So I don't know if along my strip, if the restaurants closed or not, but like hopefully they, you know, stay open for another week and they can get the money back where they don't have to boil water for your soda gun, for your, yeah. for your Diet Coke, you know? This is such a rough uh, month for <laughs> restaurants. I, I, yeah, this is a real rough month. I mean, already you know, every as they say, everybody's broke and everybody's sober come January. Um, <laughs> and part of the idea of Restaurant Week is to incentivize people to go out again, right? But then you had these two snowstorms, so a lot of people were staying home, and obviously, I think that's why they wanted to extend Restaurant Week another week. So lot, lots of uh, deals out there that people should check out and head to Washingtonian because we have many, many guides on where to eat. Well, speaking of Washingtonian, what makes a real Washingtonian? So this is an idea from CityCast producer Elizabeth Kama, who saw this list of what makes somebody like a real New Yorker. And we were thinking what would be on that list to make someone a real Washingtonian. So if you've ever been unsure if you were on a date or a networking dinner, you might be a real Washingtonian. <laughs> oh my if God. If you've ever seriously been asked to connect on LinkedIn during a date, you might be a real Washingtonian. If you've had your day meaningfully disrupted by like one inch of snow or frost, well, you might be. Yeah. The entire last week was that. The entire last week was that. So at this point, we're all Washingtonians, right? <laughs> Uh, do you do you all have anything that you would say like, oh, if you have this experience, it makes you a real Washingtonian? Ooh, I feel like any yelling at tourists for being slow walkers, that's a big one. Or like the stand right, walk left on the metro. If you have been like a Grinch about that, I feel like you are a true Washingtonian, like you've made it, you know? I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I answer this question because I live in Virginia now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to do one for Virginia. <laughs> I haven't lived here that long, but um, maybe it would be like you have your carryout that has like the best wings and mumbo sauce, Ooh. you know, that you think is better than everybody else's mumbo sauce. Uh, maybe it would be like you've been to certain old school uh, institutions. I don't know, like Horace and Dickies mm. or uh, obviously Ben's. I mean, everybody's been to Ben's, but right. some other ones that I can't think of, but I'm sure everyone else has a long list. Yeah. Bridget, what do you think makes a real Washingtonian? Oh, one that I've experienced quite a bit is that you think nothing of it walking someplace that's like a mile. Like if something is yes. two miles or under, that's walking distance in my mind. And when I've had friends visit from other states, usually like suburban states, but, uh, but other places, I'm like, oh, it's walking distance. And we'll we'll start that walk. And they're like, wait a minute, this is like two miles. <laughs> yeah. And one hour later, your friends are like, I give up. White flag. Let's yes. go. Yes. So some of the some reader thoughts to share yelling at a group of tourists to stand to the right. That's from Jen. 
Uh, knowing how to drive around traffic correctly. That's from Denise B., but I might push back mm. against that one. I don't know I if don't that know. really... <laughs> I, I feel like it's a rite of passage to just, like, be sandwiched between, like, a diplomat plate, a Maryland plate, and a Virginia plate, and just be getting nowhere in a real hurry, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like that's the quintessential... DC That's what makes somebody experience. a real DC driver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be able to navigate the street circles and side streets without GPS. That's from David R. Ooh. Priyanka, our executive producer, adds, especially in a car, given all the one-way streets, which I think is a good point. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ariel H. says, when you meet someone within a minute, you ask, so what do you do? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is that is definitely up there. I mean, it's funny. I've been trying to not do that with every new person I meet, and I last 10 minutes it's a, it's a stretch. It's hard once you, like, get in the habit of it, you know? I train myself to say, like, what are you into? What's mm. your vibe? I, I don't think that asking people, Mike and I had a whole episode about this. I don't think that asking people what you do for a living is, like, a bad thing because a lot of people are passionate about their jobs and their jobs bring them to D.C. or whatever. But, right. you know, you can, you can ask things in a roundabout way. What's your passion? What are you into? Because maybe your job and the thing that you're passionate about that brought you to D.C. are two different things. So you never know. Very true. Very true. Well, if you have more ideas for what makes a true Washingtonian, tell us, please, for the love of God. We would love to hear them. Jessica, Juliet, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bridget. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your favorite true Washingtonian. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.